Uh-oh. It's lockdown 3.0. But that can only mean one thing, that we are back. The fitness freaks have taken a hiatus of one week. So actually, it's not that long at all. But we're back and we're feeling good about that. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Oh, I am good, thanks. Yeah, good to be back. It feels like longer than a week. It doesn't. It? Yeah, it does feel like longer than a week. Sam, you good? Yeah, all the better for hearing that intro. Wasn't it great? I just, uh, on the fly, no, it's, uh, it's, it's sad times, but it's good times because I feel like we've got a lot of things that we can talk about today that, that potentially can help us, each other, which is, which is always important, but also help anyone that listens deal with, with a lockdown. And, and funnily enough, Sam... Was it? Yeah, Sam spoke to me earlier, or one of us. One of us said in a chat earlier, "Why don't we talk about how not to overtrain in lockdown?" And and actually, that's a question I've had like at least three times this week already. People saying like, "I don't understand how I need to work out my training now. I'm in lockdown and I have more time. Should I train more?" So. We're going to talk about all things like that, um, but if you're new to the show, what I tend to do at the start of each um, episode, which I've only introduced for the last couple of weeks actually, but what I tend to do is I tend to draw comparisons to us from the literary or cartoon or fiction or non-fiction world in a way that um, gets you to know us a little bit better just quickly. And this week I chose the Chipmunks. So I don't even know if you two are old enough to have watched the Chipmunks. It might have just been around. Okay, good. They're both nodding. So, I it's an it's an easy one. This one really. There were three Chipmunks: Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Of course, Theodore is the youngest and most enthusiastic of the Chipmunks, and of course that will be George, the youngest and enthusiastic Chipmunk. And then you have Simon, who is the person. I know that Alvin was the oldest, but I always felt like Simon knew the most. And in, in, and Sam, I would say you would you would freely admit this. You are a self-professed tri nerd and proud of it. And so yep. we're gonna we're gonna Sam is Simon today, and of course I'm Alvin purely as always because I'm the oldest, and that's about it. And I like the color red. I suppose I'm pretty sure he wore red, didn't he? I think Simon wore blue and Theodore wore green from memory. Your voice has changed a little bit since I last saw it. <laughs> well, uh, I went through puberty. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome aboard, Alvin, Simon and Theodore. And George, you, you had a question, I believe, as well, didn't you? Yes. So based on all the sponsors are now changing and everyone's getting new bikes and new running shoes, quick fire round, pick a swim, bike, run and nutrition sponsor. So mine are, and you've not got long to think, TYR for swimming specialize for the bike and nike for running and my nutrition sponsor is greg's <laughs> <laughs> did not see that coming that came out of left field greg's offers the flexibility of <laughs> cakes sandwiches you know science in sport doesn't do cakes or pasties well, or coffees it's about time to step up and do that yeah, there on. we go. More, so. more of a day-to-day sponsor than a race sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Live, yeah. live sponsor. Come on then, Sam. What's yours? Uh, swim, I'd probably have to go Blue 70. Tried and tested. Love them. Uh, bike, Trek. And run. Like Nike as well. Definitely a Nike. Oh, nutrition. Uh, yeah. I would go for Coca-Cola. Oh, interesting. Very- You've also got variety there, though. I'm assuming you don't just mean Coke. Flat. Oh, the you brand, just mean, like, yeah. The brand, yeah. Coke's a pepper, yeah. Liquid loves, diet. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I'm struggling with mine. I'm, I'm going swimming, uh, 
2XU. Can I go 2XU? I know it's a triathlon yeah. brand, but yeah, I'm going 2XU. I just like 2XU as a brand. Uh, cycling Cervelo, because I just, I really want one. <laughs> I've got one, but I want a better one. Uh, if run. you set enough times on the podcast, they might give you one. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, this is what we should, no, no, let's talk about this later. <laughs> um, uh, running, I I would be the same as you, but just because I think one of us needs to go different, I would go night, but I think I would go ASICs because I, I have, for a lot of time, I have worn the gel nimbus um and you know they've been a really tried and trusted trainer for me and nutrition is there a brand called cake is it oh i know um nestle Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. because they okay. do milky bars and milky bar buttons and uh, milk chocolate and basically i run off of that i just asked a question on facebook earlier does anybody know how not to eat the cake because i don't I'm, i don't know how not to eat the cake at the moment I've, I've never struggled with cake. It's just anything sweets or sugar. Or, yeah. yeah. Like, cake anything doesn't sweet. Me. Yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I have, I have zero willpower over it. And if it's not drowning in double cream, that there's no point in having cream. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah. So we can all agree, at least we're all struggling with the, with the cake. Yes. Or sugar. Sorry, sugar. We, we can't have it in the house. Otherwise, it just gets sucked up straight away. Yeah, no, I'm not allowed. Uh, that's the problem. I got I got bought it by by pupils because they know I don't drink alcohol. They instead they all just defaulted to buying me chocolate at Christmas, and it, the house was just like, to excuse the pun, chock a block. And um, hey! thank you. <laughs> where's that? Uh, where's that sound Wait, clip? wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey. hey. <laughs> um, yeah. And and a child, two children bought me, you know, those lovely packs of lint balls, you know, the white chocolate lint balls. They're, I mean, they're my absolute weakness. Premium I, chocolate. I ate two packs of those in three days. And then Mary went and looked at the wrap, the packaging and looked at the fat content. And she was like, honestly, you do not want to know the fat content of what was in that box. And I ate two within three days. So I'm, I'm living in blissful ignorance. I actually don't know what the fat content was. It's, but it's off season. Yeah, it is best that way, and it is off season. So you're both correct. So, how's training going at the moment, guys? What's what's going on? What's going on in the world with you two? Yeah, good actually. I've just started to get back into things. I've really struggled with motivation for the end of the year, um, just with the dark and the cold and and everything like that. But I've set myself a challenge, following you to following in your footsteps to do running every day. Yep. So I'm running every day this month for at least five k. Awesome. Um, I mean, we're only on day seven, but it's going well so far, and it's kind of reinvigorated me a bit, really, as well. Yeah, it, it had an uh, unbelievable effect on me, and I, as a coach, I have always said we don't train, we don't run every day, we just don't. But uh, uh, when I did it in November, my, you mm. know, my aerobic fitness and my feel for running just was, it, it just dramatically increased. It was unbelievable. I think if you take it in a sensible manner and you don't try and nail every week or nail every session yeah it's fine you've just got to give yourself your body time to recover and chill out the rest of the time well that's it isn't it like um, my recovery days were literally like a 2k run and you've got to be sensible but that's what i mean mary's doing it as well at the moment but she, she okay well she she didn't start strictly over the, the start of the month she started on the day we broke up from school on the 16th of december so she's she's quite far down the line she's about 22 days down the line and she's loving it as well so you know what do i know as a coach i might as well just pack it all in to be fair what about you george uh mine's going pretty well now i feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. So the knee issue that plagued me, 
um, is starting to go away. So I'm putting in more intense efforts out running. Yes, that's on the treadmill, but we'll see how that goes when it translates onto tarmac. Um, But really, so I had a good chat with my coach the other day. We were sort of chatting about what we want to tackle in the next coming weeks. Uh, And really, we're just focusing on that aero position. So whether it be an easy ride or those zone three efforts, get aero. Uh, but we're also really digging into my power output in the aero position and really dialing it in to make sure that there isn't such a big change between aero and non-aero and just making sure that everything is optimized as it can be in that aero position, whether it be my power output, my actual position itself, so I'm comfy. And then, you know, is that linking to the knee issues I suffered last season? Don't know, but we're getting there. So it's the start, isn't it, of a slow building process now? That's it. Yeah. And it's encouraging that the knee is is healing up because that really hampered your run, didn't it? Towards the end of the season, you were really like having to hold back in most of your races, which is a nightmare, really, when you know what you can do, but you know that you can't do it. Yeah. Very frustrating. Um, but hey, we'll get there. Um, no swimming, obviously. Lockdown 3.0 is now on us. So, so that's, funnily enough, now, now that you mention that, that's put me on a different tangent, but I'd, I'd be interested to get both your opinions on this. It, is this going to be, the, not the death knells for triathlon, but is this going to severely hamper the next generation or the next line of triathletes coming in? You know, the ones that discover triathlon around January, February, and they maybe get into the pool. Like, when is the next time we're going to be able to get into the pool? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think although pools are closed, there aren't really any races of any sort for people to look forward to. No. So the people who would be typically be training for a marathon or typically be training for a long half marathon or something like that, their new goals, they're still, they don't have anything to train for at the moment because all races are off. Yeah. So I think there is that wave of people who at the moment don't have any kind of anything to aim for. But give it three months down the line, we might see it's just a later wave or a later peak and people are getting into it in September, October for maybe duathlon season or something like that rather than modern tries, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky to know because I guess mm. the, the, the the difference between, you know, training for a duathlon or a marathon or a bike race is that you can still train. But you can't. You physically cannot train yeah. swimming. Yeah, that's you, true. We can't do it. So other people that would have been tempted into the water around now are they kind of like meh? I'll do something else, and then we've lost a triathlete to to uh, you know a single sport. <laughs> I think one one thing that I keep reminding myself, and I'm sure someone that's more qualified than me and more experienced than me will tell me otherwise, but I feel like the time I'm going to lose on the swim during these next weeks months of lockdown if i take the time i would have spent swim training and add that into extra maybe the extra bike work because i've got a lot to gain there or maybe mobility flexibility in the long term i feel like i will make up for it so mm-hmm. my swim might be three minutes longer than normal you know get out of the water feeling like baggage however my power output should be higher i should feel better on the bike maybe my flexibility is good and i'm able to hold the aero position for longer um for me, it's, it's, you just got to make the most of it. If you're not saying, all right, I can't swim. I usually swim on a Wednesday morning for an hour and a half. So that is a, a strength session there followed by some stretching. Then I, I think you're maybe losing the battle mentally and you just need to make the most of the opportunities. No, I, think you're right. I, think, I think like Ben said, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not really going to affect the people who are deep into the sport like us who have been doing it for 10, 15 years. It will affect those new newcomers to the sport. And- yeah. 
people who can't train in the open water at the moment, people who can't swim in the pools, they're not going to have that, maybe not even have that exposure to triathletes in, in the first place. Um, and it's, it's an, it's, it is a niche sport. I mean, as much as we love it and as much as we talk about it, it is very unrecognised by the general public. Yeah, it's, it's so niche, actually, that there is a new race out. And I think this is a great way for me to segue in this one. Um, I'm no way related to this or anything like that. And I'm certainly not doing it. But it's classed as the, the world's longest one-day triathlon. And longest being the key word there, not hardest. So it's going to be in the UK and it'll consist of a five kilometer swim, 200 kilometer bike, and then a 50 kilometer run. I saw this. Where is it? It's the Goodwood racetrack. So I think it looks like it's going to be closed circuit. So it's, oh, it's God, tipping towards those endurance events. <laughs> yeah. The cutoff, I think, is just over the Ironman one. So really, they're just they're just taking it up and above what Ironman is. Um I think, you know, it's going to appeal to people that maybe want to go longer. Nice little extra bit there to say you want to do more, maybe. Yeah, it's like the, um, what's it called? The ISO man. Is that the one where it's, yep. where it's in theory, they've, they've made the swim, the bike and the run the same amount of time. So it should, yeah. in theory, each of the disciplines take the same time. So actually, I think the principle of that was three hours each, wasn't it? So it was based on, originally based on a three hour marathon. A three-hour ten k swim. That's or something right. Like that. Yeah, it's a and long then a three-hour swim. bike. Yeah, it's so brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it, it probably actually for me it wouldn't. It would be uh, my swimming's. You know what? You know what my swimming's like. I'd rather go with the current. It, it is what it is. Um, uh, I'd ra- I, you know I'm not going to benefit too much in the swimming, but my cycling against my running that would benefit me in terms of it's less less cycling more running so uh, it, it has appealed and people people have actually kind of recommended it over the years to me and it's something that maybe down the line i might look into but um yeah that that ultra long one sounds pretty pretty grim on a couple of levels doesn't it because if it's goodwood yeah. racing and the laps you i mean how many laps you got to do to to do 200 kilometers i don't know i don't know what the length of goodwood is i'm sure <laughs> one of our five listeners might know yeah, my, my <laughs> mum won't know but <laughs> Um, yeah, on that, we did you do the race around for Van Satchman? I didn't. No, I never did that one. No, because I went there thinking, oh, it's a motor circuit. It'd be nice and flat. It'd be really easy. Smooth tarmac. In reality, there were two massive fucking hills in the middle of it. Yeah. I can imagine Goodwood's probably the same because they build them to be interesting for right racing. So they must have some cars in there. Yeah, I would imagine so. I wouldn't imagine like how many how many racetracks are truly flat. I mean, even Monaco is that is is quite hilly, isn't it? You know, the 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 Grand Prix. You, you think about yeah. going around that hairpin and going down the hill and stuff like that. No, racetracks are meant to be nice surfaces, I guess. But yeah, like you say, they've got to be a bit interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm out of that one for now. I'll let one of you two do it, and then you report back on the on the podcast. I'm, I'm a negative as well yeah. for that one. Damn it, Sam! It's all up to you then. Uh, I think I'm washing my hair that day. Oh no! Oh man! Okay, all right. Well, we'll someone, maybe someone listening will will do it. Or um, or what about your mate Mark? Mark Brown. Oh yeah, Mark Brown would love it. Yeah, there you go. No Pop him in. He's done the podcast. <laughs> he can do that. That's no problems. He can. He can. He can race that. So on the subject of mad long races, I just noticed as well that uh, the Iron Cowboy James, yeah. who has been famous for doing fifty Ironman in fifty days. In 50 now signed states. up to do 100 in 100 days. What do you think about that? I think... Mental. Well, 
I watched. Did you watch the documentary on Netflix about it? Like the, he's, yeah. the, the documentary is really interesting, and you know you got a lot of people decrying his feats because he had to do a couple in the gym because of a tor- you know tornado or a hurricane or something. You're like, give him a break. Fair enough. Say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't really understand, but I mean, he fell asleep, didn't he, on the bike whilst out on the bike during that attempt of the fifty Ironman in fifty days, and and um, how's, so how's he going to double that? Yeah, I mean. 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states, so the logistical part of it. He achieved that, whether you think he did or not because of the elliptical use, was an epic achievement. But seeing he fell asleep on the bike and he was absolutely baggage, I do not know how he's going to do 100 in 100. And I think from a mental point of view as well, like how is he changing the course? Because you can't do 100 Ironman on the same course in 100 days. You will lose your mind. Yeah, I don't know how. We'll have to look into how he's doing. It's like, um, I mean, he is very similar to David Goggins in a lot of respects, hasn't he? If you if you know David Goggins, he's an absolute. He's I would call him on the verge of like clinically insane, David Goggins. Like he's. I've actually just finished David Goggins' audio book. Oh, have the book. It's a great. Audio, yeah. No, but the audio book's great, isn't it? Because he puts he puts his own take on each of the chapters, which you don't yeah. get if you read the book, and you know. To hear that he ran an ultra marathon. So the book, if anyone's listening and they haven't read the book or haven't heard of David Goggins, he's he's an ex-marine, uh, I believe, and he went through Hell Week three times, and um, because he he couldn't make it from injuries and things like that the first two times, and he has basically ground down the the inner governor, the central governor inside him, the thing that keeps you safe. He's ground it down to a point that it almost doesn't exist in him anymore. And and what he does is he's run ultra marathons to the point that he soiled himself and urinated blood and carried on. He had to duct tape his broken legs together, you know, back and hold them together so that he could finish the ultra marathon because he'd broken his shins. This is a guy. If you look at the state of his feet, he put a picture of his feet on Instagram the other day, and you're like, right then, and they're not feet. Um, that's hoofs. Oofs. Yeah, yeah that's a hoof. And his hand, like he did, he broke the record for twenty-four hour um, pull-ups as well. And his hands, like, literally almost went down to the bone. It's, it, it's interesting. Like, it took him three attempts to do that twenty-four hour pull-up record. Yeah, um, and he just learned from it. And he's so humble. And he's like, the book isn't about me. I'm not trying to be your hero. The book is about you. Stop being a waste of space and do what you want to do. It, it, he's really humble. And it's yeah. If anyone's struggling for a read or an audio book. Thoroughly recommend it. Um, uh, and that after le- finishing our podcast, yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, just, yeah don't literally turn this podcast off now and go and find that <laughs> book. Like, just wait until the end of this. But but you're right. And the other thing about David Goggins, I think, is that he he gives you a reason. If you are, if you're sitting on the sofa and you're like, oh man, it's a bit grim out there. You go, oh man, David Goggins. I mean, what would he? What types of he's done that Death Valley race, hasn't he? I mean, what types of situations has he been in and you're sitting on the sofa i'm sitting on the sofa whinging about it being a bit drizzly you're like i got no excuse he's done kona hasn't he yeah 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 he's done kona he's done he's done some of the he's done bad water which is you know pretty much the worst horror most horrible hottest disgusting ultra marathon he's done it a few times i think so he's he's, done stuff yeah so he's he's one i was going to say something earlier just before we went off on that thing i was going to say something about james lawrence and or his achievements but i I mean it might come back to me i got no idea what i was going to say i think i was going to say about this is your classic i mean that that's a nice lead into the amount of training that he has obviously had to put in for this and and i have had questions this week about right I've got more time and I do have more time. I, now that my working day, I'm teaching live from home, 
my my time is different as in I now can you know, do all of my live lessons in the day, but some of my planning, say, for example, I can do in the evening, whereas I would have done it at work. And so I'm, I've got more flexibility. I have more time in the day to train. And people are saying to me, should I train more? Um, what's your take on it in terms of uh, how you train? Have you increased your training? George? Um, I'm a pure 10% kind of guy. Um, well, I'm held to 10% by <laughs> yeah. my coach. Um, but I agree with it because it really limits injury. I've seen people get injured during lockdowns because they've just pushed it too far. But I am going to caveat that with there's nothing wrong with if the weather's good, just get out on the bike. And if it's only going to be a two-hour ride and it turns into a four-hour ride, that's cool. But make sure you adapt the next day's training to make it easier to recover. There is, yeah, especially during this lockdown where the weather might not be that great. You know, if you need to jump up your training because it's making the most of good weather or something, you know, just make sure you adapt the next day. Yeah. I've always been a big advocate of training efficiency rather than training volume. And I think for me, I really struggle to do massive hours and I really struggle to do that around my work and around my home life and things like that. So I always say, if you've got two hours for a session, you don't have to do a two hour session. You could do an hour's session and get more out of it than a, uh, than a full two hour session. And particularly in running and swimming, you can really jam a small workout into a very short period of time. And just this week with my running club, we were talking about uh, one specific session, which is called, hang on, give me two seconds. <laughs> I might not be able to remember what it's called actually. Billats. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, about, it's about 20 minutes and that's all it is. And you get in this incredible workout and then the rest of the time you can spend with your family or with kind of sp spending it on stretching or fit or strength or stre strengthening or uh, I don't know, all kinds of things, foam rolling. Yeah. Um, Maybe some banana bread. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Eating cake. And, and I, I just, I always like to stick to that, that idea that if you're efficient with your training, you don't have to move the world for it. Yeah. Well, uh, some, I think some, go on, George. I think that's the big draw there. And I'm always tempted by it as well. Like you said is, Oh, I've got this afternoon off. I can go for a long ride or do a long session. Whereas how often do people say, Oh, I've got three hours spare. So I'm going to turn myself inside out for 50 minutes and then go relax, stretch, do some housework. Mm. You always choose the three hour option when actually it's probably beneficial just to turn yourself inside out. It is. It, it is. And it's, it's getting people, I think it's getting people to understand that concept that it's being about, it's about being smart, like you say, being efficient with your training, because I actually even took the day off today. It wasn't supposed to be my day off, but my hips, both of my hips, I did a bit of a hard VO2 max, not VO2 max, I did a hard um, turbo session yesterday and my hips were just like, well, I don't know, I just, I didn't think it was worth pushing them today. And my theory on this is, um, what I was going to say to contribute to this is, if you have a type of goal, whether it be a race or whether it be a time of the year or whatever, I, I really am like I'm a over planner, if anything. But I like I look at my training peaks and I plan my season and I know currently that this week I need to be doing seven to eight hours of training. I don't need to do more. I could do more. I could do like 10, 12 hours of training this week, but but the temptation is not worth the cost because my body, as we always say, is held together by pink wafer biscuits. So there's no point. Yes, it's paper, it's string, my body. So so I'm I'm a big fan of 
And Simon Ward said this on his on his Facebook page last week. Literally, he said he did a he did a a post a video post, and he said you you're probably at this point going to be tempted to overtrain. Don't do it. Don't do more than you are going to do. It's tempting, but trust me, you will not get the benefit. You will actually probably overtrain and. Yeah. And Sam, I'll tell you my favorite session. Have you ever heard of this one? I love every week I go out and do a session called 30, 20, 10s. And it's after your warm up. I do about a kilometer of warm up. And then I just do, you do five lots. Running. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Running. You do five lots of 30 seconds easy, 20 seconds at tempo, 10 seconds all out. And then back down to the 30. You do five lots of that, two minute walk. And then you do it again for five times, two minute walk. Again, five times, two minute walk, and then you know I've turned around at the halfway point, kilometer jog home. That session is done in a half an hour, and um, they did. And are test- you, so are you putting the walk in there because you are expecting athletes to be required to walk after that ten second burst? As in, that's the indicator for perceived effort. There is, if you're still jogging at the end you haven't gone hard enough or is it just to make it easier it's to get uh, for me it's to yeah it's to get that heart rate down to back to almost resting before you go again for the next five sets yeah. so it's not a two minute walk after every single 10 second effort it's you do the five and they accumulate you your heart rate never fully recovers after each one and it kind of gradually creeps up so you do okay. 30 20 10 straight into the 30 again so you're jogging back into the 30 and so your heart rate never quite gets back down to where it was so it's almost like you're looking at steps and um by by the time you get to that fifth set you're hanging and then and then you have that two minute walk and and by by that time again you're good to go and and they did tests with i think i can't remember if it was the norwegian or the danish um I don't know if it was Olympic team, but it was an athlete, it was a high level elite athletics team. And um, all of the athletes that did that session once or twice a week compared to the ones that trained longer or trained harder or whatever, they're the ones whose 5K and 1500 meter times came down and they got faster in comparison. And um, I like that. yeah, it's, it's a really good, smart session, good use of time. I give it to some of the athletes that I coach as well. Um, and I like that a lot. And there's a lot of lot to be said for Sam. You might have been talking about, I don't know if you were talking about, I think it's called something like Belletti. It's where it's basically 30. It begins with an M, I know that. That's oh, okay. Know. Oh, the one I know is like 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds easy. Just repeat yeah. 10 times. It was, it, was, it was basically along the same principles. It's just periods of really short activity, super hard and super easy mix up together i actually love those like i I love them i'm just i've just finished just before we start chatting i've just finished putting together my uh video for sunday which is where i'm not going to say whether i did it or not but it's where i went for a 5k pb and i have no doubt in my head that um that what happened to me was because i know that's just giving it away isn't it I've no doubt that what happened to me was because I was being smart with my time. <laughs> Not smart enough, right? Because did you fail? Oh, did I? Did I? Didn't I? Well, of course I bloody did. But you know, it, even so, uh, it was because I've been smarter with my time. I'm not running very much over ten kilometers at all at the moment. So, and everything that we've chatted up today actually leads in really nicely to our next guest, who is a massive advocate for not necessarily putting yourself through physical training but is a massive advocate for the mental training that is required for endurance activity and long distance racing and things like that and she's going to be joining us for our next chat she's called Adelaide and she has a lot to say on the subject so hopefully we can all learn a lot and 
developed some really interesting discussion off the back of that. Yeah, that sounds. She does that. I love that side of it. As as we all know, we all do actually. And that sounds like a really interesting topic of conversation is that mental side of especially going long because I think there's a lot to be said. As when we had that chat with John Connolly all those weeks ago now. You know, half of it for him, the battle is is mental. It's not physical. It's how, yeah. how, and, how and and today mentioning the hundred by hundred, the amount of that that must be mentally just putting yourself in that dark place. And a lot of what David Goggins does is all about mental strength and mental yeah. fortitude. And I think for the the longer you go, the more important it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think those guys are kind of at least giving us permission to push our boundaries because they really are. They are really pushing what we thought is possible as humans aren't they those guys um and more power to them and, and it kind of allows us to it opens us up to a little bit more of what we might be capable of you know years ago i never would have dreamed being able to run sub 18 for example and and now i'm kind of like man i reckon i could go sub 17 just off the back of that one to, and but i'm my own worst enemy and people like that you know they open it up for us i think yeah, yeah, there's I always. Mean, I remember. Sorry, go on. Sorry. No, you go. You go. Um, I remember. Oh, he's so kind. Yeah. <laughs> I remember first starting triathlon, and it was just purely to get fit. You know, three sports going to get me quick three times as quick. Um, and then actually, I sort of started looking at. Oh, look, you can do this as an age grouper, and I was like, Nah, I'll never do that. My age group's too competitive. And then now I'm an age grouper, and then you sort of starting to looking at. Well, what do I need to do to win my age group? What do I need to do to be fastest amateur? You know, where you look at the pro times, where am I compared to them? It's just, you just, you're never going to look at the highest level when you're starting off and being like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Which is why I think when, when we're in lockdown, it's so important that people um, just do like, oh, I'm going to start running. I'm just going to go for a gentle 5K today. Not sweet. That's me doing a marathon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That the, the build up is really important. Some with people that just join straight in at a marathon, they'll probably be the ones that don't stick into say running for a long term, if that makes sense. Yeah, because of shin splints. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna immediately <laughs> pick up shin splints. Yeah. <laughs> Whose dog was that? Was that Briggs? Uh that was my dog, I'm afraid. No, he's no, he's a little it, bit ill recently. So I'm just okay? happy that he's found his voice and he's feeling better. I saw a little picture of him all wrapped up in his bed yesterday. I felt really sad. Like he's not been very well boy, has he? No, he's getting more attention than me at the moment, in this house, <laughs> which I will not stand for. That's how it should be, and you know it. <laughs> he comes to work now. He's a work dog. Anyway, oh, nice. enough about my enough dog. about Briggsy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's probably quite nicely covered everything we wanted to talk about this week. You know, in terms of how to stay safe while we're out there and uh, during a lockdown, and make sure that. I guess the main thing is to make sure that we're we're keeping it sensible and not overtraining with that extra additional time that we, we you know we find ourselves with. And if people what one thing I would say is as you both touched on actually, if people want to make use if they've got extra time, throw it into strength and conditioning, yoga, something like that. Like that, you're not going to hurt yourself by trying to strengthen yourself. I mean, unless you literally try and lift a hundred kilos, bench press, or you know squat straight off the bat. But you know what I mean. It's Funnel your time into that, something where you could then eventually go longer or faster or harder or whatever in all of your training sessions. There's no there's no harm in that. Yeah, and I think I'll, I'm going to put it out there as well. I've been doing a lot of Zwift uh, with friends. So if anyone's listening and wants to get involved with one of my little Zwift sessions, let me know. They're more often than not banded rides stick together. 
and then we might go into a Zwift workout as well. Um, I often find they're really good. Some of the guys I was doing them with never really gone over a set time on Zwift. We found that having a FaceTime chat on with, I think it was four of us on, we did the ride and then we went into a hard um, VO2 max effort workout and we all said that we would not have hung on in that workout if it wasn't for each other. Um, we, were, we were hooped. So if anyone wants to get involved in that, let me know. I can invite you to the next one. Um, little group workout there, just because during lockdown, you need to get those group rides and still and see friendly faces. No, I agree with that because Sam, you and I did a couple of the club rides, didn't we? At Seven Oaks Tri Club, you know, they they, they met on what's the app called? Um, it's not a visual one. It's the the the. Hearing yeah, one. the talking one. Discord. Discord, yeah. Discord, that's it. Discord. And we'd like, you know, it was really good because you could just have a chat while you're riding until you started to climb a hill and then it just sounded like a group of pervs. Like, <laughs> that, that wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. But, um, yeah, group group rides you can always do or, you know, I think there's there's value in that as well, isn't there? It's just, it's keeping it sensible, as we keep saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, be smart with your time. Don't overtrain. Keep it sensible. and And that will help your mental health big time. Because that's what we're gonna. No. That's what yeah yeah we yeah fingers crossed. That's what we're gonna all need during this lockdown again. I mean we've been thrown back into it, but um, we'll get out the other side with each other. Hey hey guys hey guys. Between us three and Gregs, we'll be okay. Gregs, bless Gregs. <laughs> it's, I can, Humble Gregs. I can smell Mary cooking downstairs at the moment. She's we we're having a veggie chili because we're out having a takeaway tomorrow night. So we like to balance it out by having something healthy the mm. night before. Ellen's actually knocking up vegetarian curry for me. No way. Well, yeah, there you healthy. go. Thursday's veggie night, Sam. Uh, oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's better than Domino's or something. <laughs> <Super> Tofu. <laughs> right, guys. No, I, I don't know what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play us out and say thank you to anyone that was listening. Um, we appreciate it. You know, we've got some really good feedback, some nice reviews going out on... Um, going out on iTunes now. Um, there was one by a, a George as well, I believe. Um, <laughs> but we've had we've had some really nice reviews as well. So it's You've been... got to review your own content. <laughs> I think so. It's been really encouraging, a really encouraging start. We've got some really good ideas coming up for the, the future of 2021 that we're, we're kind of looking into at the moment. I've even had... Um... Some of the guys from work have come up to me saying, oh, they listen to the podcast, so oh, get in awesome. there. Oh, that's awesome. Being a celebrity at work. <laughs> Not that far. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we've got, I think, make sure everyone tunes in for next week as well with Adelaide. And then coming up, like I say, we've got some really good ideas in the pipeline. So I look forward to it. Right, chaps, I shall see hey, you next week. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.